The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. All right, everybody, once again, my name is Mubias Woolborn. The name on the show is Beer It Is. All one word. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the places where podcasts give away for absolutely free. And today, I am in beautiful, not quite sunny, because it is winter, a little cloudy, but in Greenville, South Carolina. And I am in a stalwart brewery of this state. Been around, I think, 18 years. And I am here with head brewer, Zach Newton. Zach, how are you, my brother? I'm doing great. You know, hanging in there. Hanging in there, man. So, on the right side of the soil. We'll take it, man. Um, <laughs> and let's get right into it, man. Thomas Creek, 18 years, the Davis family coming in, starting this brewery. Give us a little bit of background on the brewery, how you guys kind of got to where you are. Okay, well, uh, it was a uh, father-son duo, I believe. Uh, it was uh, started because my boss, Tom Davis, he, uh, he's the uh, brewmaster for Thomas Creek. He... Uh, he ran a place called Henny's in downtown Greenville. Henny's? Yeah, for many years. Uh, well, he, co- he co-partnered, I, I, or there was a you know, partnership between he and uh, a gentleman that, that that owned the building originally. Uh, they went into business together, and he opened a small brew pub there. And uh, that's actually the, still the system we use today, which is one of the earliest uh, monoblock-style systems pretty much <laughs> ever. So, and it's, not ever. Explain to the audience what a monoblock system is in comparison to other other brew houses. Or well, the Bohemian style monoblock um, was <coughs> developed as an over under, so that you have a an HLT on the bottom. It's a hot liquor tank, if you will, um, and mash it on top. Uh, they're they can be pretty big pain in the ass, um, <laughs> but that could also be pretty fun if they're small enough. So, yeah, this one's been around forever. It's uh, this is one of the first legal brew houses in all of South Carolina history. So, and, and that's, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of history here yeah, in the city yeah. and with the brewery. So, Absolutely. Zach, and you have an interesting story, man. Just okay, your right. background of okay. brewing, man. Tell us <laughs> where you started and right. how'd you end up here. All right, well, so I've been brewing since I was 17 years old. Uh, the PBA board, the Palmetto, Palmetto Brewers Association, was uh, uh, a big part of that because uh, the, my ex-girlfriend's father used to brew with them, and, and you know they were kind of a collective for a long time. So they, you know, he's one of the founding fathers of that. And uh, yeah, so he got me in all grain brewing early. Um, I came here to get my grains underage. I literally would go brew at friends' houses and. Right around with car boys in the back, um, nice underage, you know, strapped in seatbelts. <laughs> By the way, here on Beard is yeah. we typically advocate for over twenty one, but in this instance, oh, you can it's not legal. Up. No, it's fine. No, 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 it's okay. Yeah, I, 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 I have to give the <laughs> well, I'm legal now. I have to give the preamble, you know, for the oh, listeners. But absolutely. this is your story. So you're telling yeah. your story. Um, well, Ken Grossman from uh, Sierra Nevada, he started when he was seventeen. Right. I mean, you know, a lot of brewers have started. Oh, absolutely. And there's, there's no law against you brewing beer. Oh, no, no. At that uh, age. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, hey, man, it's like any other apprenticeship, right? Well, if you can if you can buy the grain and you can produce the beer, 
And as long as you're not in possession of the beer, if someone can be the proprietor, then I think you'll get away with it. You know, I think it's just the act of brewing. There's a lot of 18-year-olds that brew in America. Even. Right. Yeah, they just don't actively drink in the brewery or around anyone that would know. Right. Um, but... you got to learn yeah, the game somehow. Yeah, anywho. Uh, yeah, you got to learn the game. Uh, you know, I started washing kegs here after many years of uh, kind of, you know, slowly befriending Tom, you know, during his, you know, all of his uh, many hours at the brewery where he was super busy and, and way indisposed. But I kept kind of crying at the idea that I wanted to be a brewer and he was like oh I don't, I don't think you're ready buddy it was kind of like the you know Obi-Wan's like you know you're, you're a mere Padawan and then, so I had to like mm. go into Jedi training you know some you know, Jedi yeah do what you had to do I'm Jedi brewer now I guess <laughs> oh and so prior to here where did you brew like I know you brewed at home you, I, brew? was, I was strictly a home brewer um, I actually I've been here for six years I started as a keg washer I learned the entire uh, you know, operation in and out on the production side and then slowly integrated into packaging which uh, I prefer to do over just a lot of people start packaging side and then move over to brewing but uh, I, I like it the other way it's just I, I got you know face first to do it so I've actually I've worked here since I was 21 years old so um, I was just old enough to drink wow uh, yeah, and uh, I'm almost 30 now. And, you know. Grizzle veteran. Well, I guess, you know, it's it's experience really is very important in this field, uh, more so than any other, because uh, there's guys that get out of school to be an engineer that can't swing a hammer, but they, have, they look great on paper, mm-hmm. you know, and they just <laughs> have great ideals, you know, but I don't know, that's the thing. I just think that uh, a lot of people expect me to have this huge pedigree and this, you know, I went to Siebel Institute of Food Technology, but really it's just busting my ass for this company for many years, befriending some of the best people I could ever know, and uh, and learning the industry in and out with literally thousands of production batches, so it's it's one of those, sometimes you just get in, you just dive in face first, you know what you want to do from a young age, and you never give up until it happens, you know, it, boom. It's a, and how That's important it. is that, knowing the production side? Oh, man. Um, <coughs> Well, for a brewer, yeah. Uh, knowing the production side as a brewer? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a kind of a loaded question. Um, my best reply, I think, would be that uh, a lot of brewers have the tendency to become turnkey because they don't understand the dynamics of uh, uh, the sciences, the applied sciences behind brewing and how they counteract with, uh, with you know, um, being an artist. Um a lot of guys, it's like a lot of guys go to school for music, but then they end up playing, like, you know, Almond Brothers covers at, at Wild Wings sometimes, you know? Right, right. For 300 bucks a night. And it's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a DIY musician, too, to be honest. I'm mm-hmm. a, like, shameless plug, whatever. But I, I love, I'm a, I've been a touring, you know, active musician for years as well. And I, I kind of use the same principle with everything, you know? It's like, just be passionate about it, let it, let it carry you where it wants to go it's mm. like you're more of a janitor than anything and I, that's uh, Chad Jacobson from mm. you know Crick um, and Stave said that he, he was talking about how um, you know uh, we're kind of just uh, you know we're just vessels for the beer we, we, we let it go where it wants to go mm. especially wild beers of course but but I mean no matter how much you dial in a beer there's always going to be just the finesse that you mm. have to put into it to really gain 
certain qualities, and and you have to continuously evaluate that. You know, so there's some brewers that that literally I feel like look at brewing not only from like a, me- a chemical and mechanical standard, but then also like uh, uh, the art behind it, the, the beauty of all the sensories being touched, and you know, I don't know. It's just it's so cool to me, man. You know, like how think about this beer is one of the only things on earth that uh, uh, in the art world at least that you can not only see you know hear fizzle you know touch it smell it all five it. your senses yeah all five sensories but there's a sixth it literally alters your perception as you're drinking it it's something that really the visual art you know uh, musical art I mean yes they do the same they touch in the oral senses <coughs> and all that but, but this is really one thing that 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 impairs you. <laughs> so. Wow, and you know what? That's interesting. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. And I tell you another place we can get things to think about each and every week here on Beer It Is. My name's Tobias Woolborn. I am here in Greenville, South Carolina on an overcast day. But I tell you what, it's bright and beautiful inside this brewery at Thomas Creek. I'm with man Zach Newton, and we're sitting here, we're sipping, we're talking, and right now we're sipping on. His Flanders, it's, it's one he pulled a cork out of it, man, and you know, opened it up for me, and I'm thankful for that. But let's talk about this beer. Okay, well, this is actually just uh, I'm still an active home brewer. I, I have to do things a lot more slowly now because you know you don't have as much time. Oh hell no, yeah. So, but but I, that's why I fell in love with sours, not only for the, the flavor and and just the, the, the kick it gives you, like the, just the way you know, it just just what it is, like the. the the way it hits me, you know, it moves me. You know, this 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 is my kind of like secret passion behind beer world. I know it's really popular now. It's overly sensationalized mm-hmm. by a lot of breweries, and because it's like the it thing. But I mean, this for a long time I was just doing this when people were like, "Oh, it's like it tastes like pickle juice or something," you know? Right, right. And I don't know. This this beer came from that. It's just years of loving that, and, and knowing I didn't have time to you know rack carboy to carboy or whatever. So I would just. Do slow beers, just low and slow. Let them do what they're, they're going to do. Throw some oak on them, do whatever, um, and then just you know blend them over the years. Like I've, I've still got beers from five years back that are still sitting in carboys that wow. I haven't even blended yet. Yeah, I'm just waiting to get the right thing, or you know, it's it's cool. Right. So this is this is yeah. this is who you are. This is what you do. This is this is your passion. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't directly identify with it as like who I am, but it's a it's an enormous part of who I am. You know, what I mean, like. Everyone wants to do family and blah blah blah. Well, not everyone, <laughs> but you know, a lot of people. And, uh, so me, for me, it's just music and beer, man. I'm like, I try to be like a like a Dionysus, I guess, for the brewing world. Nice. And it's yeah. interesting because one of my favorite beers actually has a name, a brewery Wild mm-hmm. Heaven, and it's a wild, wild yeah, it's a yep. wild beer, man. Shout out to those nice. guys, incredible. Nick yeah. and Eric. Yeah, Eric. Yeah, Eric's actually, uh, yeah, he's an old bud, man. I would love to get in touch with him again, hang sometime. Um, I actually. I'll connect you guys because yeah, like, I have yeah, contact with him. Yeah. yeah, I just He's haven't talked people. to him since. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we, we you know we we helped him uh, out for a while, and and uh, you know he and I were we're always really cool with each other. Uh, always had the same kind of mentality about uh, you know uh, the way we want to approach uh, things. Not only like methodology, I guess, or just just stuff like that. Just cool things Man, to talk about. I, I wish Man. I would have. I wish I would have known that coming in. Yeah, because. Um, I actually have, and I may be back up in a couple weeks, so when I come back, I'll bring it, the Gravitational Wave, which is their, like, crazy stout with cocoa nibs and raspberries, yes. 14%, which kind of pushed it to Georgia Limit a little bit, yeah. but 
It's an amazing beer. The Wild Heaven Quad was absolutely one of my favorite quads, and you can lay that beer down for years, and it will only, like, it, it'll only forgive, you know? Yes. It, it doesn't drop off. It doesn't never fade. forget, yeah. <laughs> That's like, a beautiful thing with that. So, I, going from that, what's your take on aging beers? Like, for, for things that you guys brew, what do you recommend people aging? What do you recommend people drinking quickly? Okay, uh, well, um, aging... Favorite things to age, <laughs> honestly, the classics, old stock ale, uh, oh, yeah. you know, barley wine, mm-hmm. uh, imperial stouts, Russian imperial stouts, of course. You can, have, I mean, I like the British Russian, the British Russian imperial stouts, Russian inspired British imperial stouts. Those are really, really good. Uh, I'm Brits. <laughs> oh man, and dude, yeah. uh, love them. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, uh, big fan of of. You know, big British ales. I like that Burton on Trent, and and then I like really, I just expressive, expressive. You know, like that's all. You know, beers that really stand out in their own and on their own right. And uh, and I have a problem with American Scotch ale for that very reason, because everyone wants to say it's it's a Scotch style ale. You try it, and I'm like, there's nothing Scottish about this water at all. It's like it's a Amer- it's a sweet American strong ale, right? With a little bit of like smoke quality or something, you know, and that well, really disappoints me. You get an old, like a Bell Haven, you know. Yeah. You want that? I mean, that is their niche, you know, that market, and that's like when you said earlier the Flanders beer. This is an American farmhouse, but I do love the Flanders tradition, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, you try to incorporate it, but because uh, I love the acidic qualities and the beers, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's whatever. Well, it's one of those <laughs> things where I think that's where water treatment yeah. becomes so important because. You can, if you treat your water properly, can almost mimic styles from different places, like Absolutely. as far as the water chemistry. Yeah. So I do think that, okay, fine. Hey, if you're going to brew a, a wee heavy or something like that, yeah. then make that water, treat that water as if though it was on the Scottish Islands. Absolutely, yeah. It's a little harder for Florida. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it is a little harder for Florida because the water there is oh, man. Those, a little uh, rough. Yeah, shout the fucking Buddha and some of those good breweries down there. Absolutely, yeah. improved down yeah. in Tallahassee. Shout out, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, Angry Chair. Oh yeah, in Tampa. Yeah, um, I love breweries that I love metal influenced breweries too because I'm a metalhead. So nice. So you probably yeah. you, you probably <laughs> you probably would like my guy Scott Dean over um, at Burnt Hickory. Burnt Hickory is really cool, man. Uh, Charred Walls uh, is one of my my favorite examples from them too. I mean, mm. they. they um, I. I may have a little treat from Burger I might share with you uh, um, before we get out dude, of here. Dude, I would love to do a collab with that guy. Yeah, okay, right. so there's somebody up. else I got to hook you up with. Then. Hit, okay. hit him up, man. Uh, and, and, well, not only that, but you know he's also he also plays as well. Yeah. Yeah, he plays bass. Wow. Yeah, so awesome. like, and he shreds. He's actually, yeah. God, I hate complimenting Scott Hedin, but well, no, dude, no, he, I know no, that he's guy, really good. That, no. guy, that, that guy, I hear he's a big fan of like Doom and Sludge. Well, yeah. Well, you yeah, know his background is... He opened his brewery because he's a record collector. Yeah, and so he opened his brewery when he sold a lot of his old records. Okay, no. So I that, that's how that. that's how he opened the dude, brewery. I have probably four hundred plus records. Like that's what I. I mean, dude, records, bikes, beers. I mean, playing live and, and, and writing music and stuff. You know, that's my life, man. Outside of that, whatever, I don't care. So yeah, but that's a so <laughs> that's an interesting connection that you have with with that guy, who's crazy. I love him, but um, just one of my favorite. Brewers, like I said, like he plays um, in the beer, and like I said, he started his company. He had all these albums, you Man. know, everything. This old school 
metal, all types of crazy stuff, sold them, and that was the money that initially got them open, and then the rest is history. That's that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, this guy, yeah, we need to... Yeah, please do. I, I can picture a fun collab beer. With I'll, you guys. I'll send him. I'll send him like a, a bottle and, a, and our CD or something. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, dude. I you know it's 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 been it's been real. You know, like uh, I'm gonna do this often. It feels good. Yeah, man. <laughs> Just talking beer, talking life, man. And you can find those conversations each and every week here on Beer It Is. My name is Tobias Wilborn. I'm here in Greenville, South Carolina, at Thomas Creek. One of the stalwarts of the South Carolina beer community with my man Zach Newton, head brewer here. Um, so Zach, man, talk about you guys being a stalwart in the community in South Carolina when it comes to beer. What is the beer scene here? I mean, a lot of people oh, a lot of people know Westbrook, a lot of people know you guys, you guys have been around, but other than that, like what is the beer scene in the state? It's growing exponentially. <clears throat> it's uh it started with a, a few people in their basement or their garage or, you know, whatever with these awesome homebrew set setups or, or even just, you know, a couple coolers and a six pack of something random from the <coughs> gas station, you know, like I mean, this this town embodies the spirit of a social renaissance. Mm. And uh, I've been in this town here <coughs> my entire life. I'm proud of it. Uh, I keep, damn if I do, damn if I don't. I keep getting spat back out in this town, you know. <laughs> so it's like I, I even anytime I ever leave, I just I wind up in it again, you know. I'm like, damn it. I guess this is kind of like an old, you know, limerick or some folk tale or some shit, you know. It's just <laughs> stuck in this loop, you know. But but at the same time, it's it's got this beauty about home be home, charm. man. Yeah, I mean, and and. I'm telling you, man. This we got so many good people. I mean, you know, Don and the guys, uh, you know, Adam and everybody at Quest, and uh, you know, Will at '85, my boy Ben. Um, I mean, we're all a crew, man. I mean, First Fly South, uh, Upstate Craft, um, all these guys are putting out phenomenal products. I mean, Fireforge, um, Loose Reed, I believe, is working on getting their stuff uh, settled. Nice. The licensing wise, and he's he's having a little trouble, but man, he's such a great dude. Great beers, absolutely, just fantastic stuff. A lot of these dudes are, you know, and ladies alike, which I think is incredible. I think that, uh, you know, the, the the woman presence in the beer world is a force to be reckoned with, and there's so many talented um, women out there that are just crushing it right now, mm-hmm. and they're giving, um, you know an American tradition of male brewers a serious run for their money. And uh, I'm, I'm really proud of that. Well, you know? and here's one thing about the ladies, man. Shout out to the ladies. Shout out to the ladies who listen to the show each and every week. But more importantly from there, mm-hmm. one thing about women, I actually like them as beer drinkers more than dudes a lot of times. One, women will, they're not trying to, like, argue with the brewer and, you know, what I call dick measuring. They're not trying to dick measure the brewer because, yep. like, okay, you brew at home on your system. Compared to a guy who's brewing on a thirty barrel system, that's one. But other thing is their palates aren't right. Most <clears throat> of them aren't chain smokers. They aren't, <clears throat> you know, all they can take is really spot, hot and spicy food. Absolutely they have right. more sensitive palates, so yeah. I think they tend to be able to pick up more things and more flavors in beers. Yeah, man. You know, working in the food and beverage industry, I think goes hand in hand as well. Uh, just all the the olfactory senses and all mm-hmm. that, you know, good stuff. That's uh, kind of like I. I I find that the people that are more in tune to like what they're eating, what they're listening to, what they're doing day to day, why they're doing it, you know, because there's all these hows. We grew up with the how, you know, like mm-hmm. there's teachers that teach you how, 
but the whys is something you can only gain yourself mm-hmm. you know and that's why I think that brewers take that route you know because they're head first I mean I haven't met a brewer on this continent that doesn't absolutely love delicious food right you know and, and uh, there's people out there that don't really care about food they're mm. like whatever I'll stuff it in my face as it eat go in and out yeah whatever I don't care and there's people that will literally spend like their their year savings to, to go to France and, and spend a week just drinking and eating and hang, and they're hanging around the countryside you know like right. and it just depends on what kind of person you are what, what drives your spirit you know and like that's that's the that's what this community is about man we're about um, you know world class food and and I'll say up and coming beer because I think all of us need work mm-hmm. but but then again I say that because I beat myself up every day trying to make better beer and so do these guys they work their ass off you know and I don't know I feel like there's something special about that you know there's, there's something like almost magical about how this went from being like uh, a pretty rough city in the 70s to being like a, a small like you know getaway you know in the south so definitely a destination now it's growing it, it's, it's, speaking of growth let's talk about your let's talk about your core tell me what your core beers are and what people kind of expect from them Oh, core, uh, core beers. Uh, the core brand is, uh, you know, classic lineup stuff. We have uh, Thomas Creek Red. Of course, everybody knows Thomas Creek Red is our, is our staple beer. It's uh, one of the earliest recipes Tom Davis ever developed. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's actually still one of all of our favorites. You wanna be the best, you got I mean, we drink it on the regular. Um, let's see. Uh, Doppelbach, absolutely. I mean, those are the two that uh, took... Uh, uh, so you got silver and bronze in the GABF uh, 2006 and 2010, I believe. Nice. Or maybe 8 and 10. I think Doppelbach was 8 and then red was 2010. But anywho, yeah. Uh, we also, I mean, banana splits, pretty well known. Uh, that stout is fun, <laughs> man. That's a fun stout. Yeah, Columbia loves Conduplico. I don't know why. I mean, something about Columbia, South Carolina, and then just their heavy beers. They love drinking big beers. A lot of those, a lot of those people I hang out with. <laughs> maybe it's I'm just you know I'm not being biased, but I just I swear maybe it's just a generalization. <laughs> so like, what's your what's your take on? But like, what like I know first of all, I, I did a did a show recently at this brewery in Atlanta called Reformation and yes, really good brew, really good Absolutely, beer, good yeah. stuff, um, good guys. Um, and one of their takes is we try to make beer that is approachable. They, of course, they okay. have, they, yeah, they have some. Go into that, yeah. yeah, they have some big beers, but they make a lot that is sessionable. Oh, and man. it's intentionally sessionable. My favorite beer to brew, and my number one style. I can't say I don't have a, a number one. I, I I don't really have a number one style to brew, but I just love brewing beers that are inviting. Mm-hmm. In other words, like uh, you know, uh, my dad and my brother and I, you know, when we drink, like. We like to hang and, and, you know, do something fun together, like some, you know, like, like pool or, you know, and and we'll drink and we'll drink and we'll drink and drink, well, you know, and then we'll drink. Have a couple, yeah. And, and yeah. Well, enjoy this company, yeah. Yeah, we'll knock back a few, and, and that's the thing. I, I really enjoy staying more hydrated than inebriated, mm. you know, and, uh, and an inviting beer to me is a beer that, I mean, no matter how big or small, um, 
welcomes you with a second sip, you know? Mm. It's not one of those, oh, I'll try it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. It's, you know, I, I call it the two-sip measure. You hand somebody a, a, a beer they've never tried, and you're like, hey, give this a shot. And they, you know, smell it, and they drink it, and they go, ooh, and then they drink it again. You take that second sip, you know they're all about it. Mm. As soon as they go, oh, that's good, and hand it back, one-sip deal, you know? Right. But we make two sippers for everybody. We two make sippers. Something, yeah, something that that's, that first sip, boom, something hits a light in your head. And you're like, all right. And that second sip <laughs> keeps you. Yeah, man. Yeah. I like that's, it. That's the beauty, yeah. And, and, and expressive. They're, again, just expressive beers. Things that they don't have to stand out. I hate gimmicks. I hate when people just try to market a beer because it's something hot right now or because it's got an ingredient that's uh, sensationalized on, on Facebook and, so you know. I just like beers that... Good beer. Oh, just, yeah, beers that that stand the test of time. Mm. Well, let me ask you this, man. Um, You mentioned Facebook a little bit, the internet stuff. Like, do you you read great beer? Do you check the untapped? Oh, man, yeah. I, I, you know, I browse sometimes. I peruse. Peruse. Yeah, I don't really, you know, I don't really like... I don't check in every beer I drink because I drink a lot. Like, uh, I like a lot. But, you know, that's each his or her own. And, you know, but I just, I love tasting beer. So, I mean, it's on, it's on a constant, you know. it's I don't have time to check in everything. It just seems like it's taken away from No, I mean, like, with, like do, you check, you, do yeah? you check what people are saying about you? As a, oh, yeah, I lurk, you know. I'll <laughs> lurk a little bit and be like, oh, what do they think, you know. But, you know, a lot of, I'll, I'll give a shout-out to a Denver brewery for this because uh, True Brewing one of my favorites ever uh, and interesting thing about True is they don't actually ever participate in GABF found out from someone at Black Sky Brewing up there which is another fantastic Great metal, brew. metal yeah. brewery <laughs> there again um, try, not trying to be biased but you like what you like uh, yeah I like what I like <coughs> man and they're great guys and uh, they we were talking and, and they were like yeah we, we just don't we don't um, we don't enter we would rather just stay out of it altogether. We don't want to compete with other people. And I love that. Mm. Don't compete. Do you. Do you. That's, I mean, the beauty about brewing beer, especially in the Southeast, to me, is that, you know, there's so many people with different finesse, different style, mm-hmm. that that's what makes it so fun to go to different breweries. Not the different styles they brew, but the style they use, personality, the personality, yeah, the flavor, they, yeah. yeah, their their finesse, <clears throat> what the the style of recipes they they formulate, you mm-hmm. know, and um, it, it's really exciting, you know, it's cool. Hey, and I tell you, another place where there's finesse, style, and grace, the whole nine. Here on Beer it is. My name is Tobias Woolborn. I am here at Thomas Creek in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm going to take a quick pause for the cause. I'm going to come right back, wrap up, and going to really get into some fun stuff with Zach. Mm-hmm.